Welcome to episode 119 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode. I feel kind of funny giving a technology tip because we're going to have a um, guest who is the master at technology tips on today. But I did have a small one. Uh, I was looking at, um, at some different Facebook posts and somebody mentioned, I'm going to have to go back and see who it was because I just forgot. But somebody mentioned the, uh, a different kind of way of organizing files on their desktop. And mm-hmm. it's something that I am still in search of a good way to do it. I at least have it so I don't have quite as many just on my <laughs> desktop. But she mentioned that she is a visual type of organizer. And it reminded me of, um, Todd will probably know which professor I'm talking about, but it wasn't him, that there was a professor <laughs> that I had that you would go into her office and there was just p- stacks of papers, papers everywhere. Yeah everywhere mm-hmm. in the office. But if you asked her for something, she knew exactly where mm-hmm. it was. So this is kind of that concept, but with your desktop is there are backgrounds you can get that kind of put your desktop in visual categories. So it will have like a square in one corner or columns all across it. And then you can drag and drop the files so they are organized visually on there instead of just being in like alphabetical order or something like that. So it's kind of like, Oh, I know all of my things that I'm working on with current students or teletherapy ideas are in this corner of my desktop. So I thought that was kind of a cool idea and there's different, um, you can search for different backgrounds or create your own on something like Canva. And I, I just thought that was a great idea for those of us that are kind of that, I know exactly where it is visually (laughs) in the physical space so how do you keep it how do you keep the folders on your desktop from like lining up yes so um i think this is the same on a a pc i usually have my husband check on his pc Mm because i'm on a mac but i know at least on a mac if i just right click and um it's like uh, arrange by, and then if you make okay. sure that none of, or sort by, and then if you make sure that none of those things are clicked, like there's oh. like a snap to grid if you unclick right. that or um, and just put none that you don't want it to organize it a certain way automatically, then you can right. drag and drop those around different places. Oh, perfect. And oh. so we don't, we just have to search for the backgrounds. There's no like website that you think of no, or Canva no. or something. Yeah, yeah, they had a couple different ones, um, and but yeah, you can just search for them online usually. Okay, cool. That's a great strategy because I I I do that on my desktop in the sense that I have stacks. I use the stacks feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like all the PDFs and all. The, but that's just the type of document or the type of of media that's there i would rather organize it based on like a class that i may be teaching or Mm -hmm. the podcast or whatever yeah so you'd have that all in a physical space yep i just found uh the person who 
uh, put it in a blog post. It was Speech Room News. Okay. And she has a free download on there of one version of it that kind of okay. has like columns across and you can label the columns. But um, yeah, there's lots of different ones. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Because um, I, I get frustrated trying to find things on my desktop all the time. Yep. Um, so that would be very helpful. Save some time. Yep. And if all else fails, just make sure that you named it the file really well, because mm-hmm. you can always search it if it, you at least have named it something that makes sense. That's my other tip. <laughs> well, see, that would be easy. I know. You know I don't want easy because I can't because then because I can't remember the name. You know, yeah, I, that's I, the problem. That's, that's the, the problem. problem. If if you're a visual person, sometimes that helps. I know where it is. I don't know what it's called, but I know where it is. Yep. And I and I certainly uh have my stacks of paper here in my office. And my my old professor years ago said, you know, there was an actual study done of of uh people who organized by stacks of paper versus the people that had linear files. Mm-hmm. And they did a uh, an actual study, and they found that people that had the stacks of paper could find things faster than the linear, <laughs> the linear file cabinets. <laughs> so I use that to justify all my stacks that I have. So even when my wife yells at me, uh, so but that's a great tip. And and as you mentioned, we have a great guest, Michelle Boisvert is back for another visit which we are are very thankful for she's a great uh, friend of the show and has been on before and has shared great uh, tech information and tech strategies for us and she's also going to give us an update on easy report pro so that's uh, another technology that she and uh, i think her husband co-founded the company to do that so we'll hear more about all that too Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. Well, welcome back, Michelle Boulevard. You're our favorite uh, tech person. uh, And out of uh, just really, uh, not really a conflict of interest, but just to say you are doing the tech talks uh, with Dr. Michelle. And uh, for 3C, and we really appreciate those. And uh, we know that you always have great information to share on technology and some strategies that uh, these telepractitioners can use. So welcome back. Well, thank you so much, both Todd and Kim. I love uh, talking with you guys and, of course, (laughs) collaborating with 3C on the tech talks for the very busy speech and language pathologist. Right. So, right. yeah, thank you. Awesome. So, what are the tech talks? I don't, you know, we haven't really talked to, about those specifically. <laughs> so, if people haven't tuned in yet, um, what what is your goal with the tech talks? So, it's really to provide very easy tech 
tools that speech and language pathologists can use quickly to help workload manage, to help either workload management or help streamline some part of therapy. So it could be something like some on some of the tech talks, I'll highlight a product like Google mm-hmm. Read Write that can be used mm-hmm. with any type of um, digital based material for vocabulary, translations, speech mm-hmm. to text, text to speech, things like that. Other times it will be workload management strategies, mm-hmm. such as how do you use scheduled send on your emails or um, the amazing benefits of Google Calendar, <laughs> like how that can literally save our life. Those, those <laughs> are two of my favorite tech discoveries, I think. <laughs> the schedule send is awesome because my brain works well at like 8 to 12 p.m. <laughs> but it looks more professional if that gets sent out at 8 a.m. <laughs> so true. So right. Yes. those That's amazing. And I love the like automatic reminders that we have on Google Calendar, um, that it does, it kind of does make us more professional, more on top of things. It showcases our inner rock star, I think, using sure. some of these tech um, strategies and strategic tech strategies, because there's so mm-hmm. many things out there. And as like a human, just being in a job, identifying the ones that really make the biggest impact for you personally is really important. And um, yeah, just like balancing what you need, what it does, what your learning like curve quota is at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just discovering what types of tech tips there are that we can use. Well, I know from your background, You've been involved in telepractice for a long time. Uh, you did your doctoral dissertation focused on telepractice and and kids with autism. Mm-hmm. But wh- where did that uh, sort of spark come from in terms of the technology? Was really getting into technology? Well, I think my passion for telepractice really came in um, when I... So when I first got my master's degree, I started my own practice and Mm -hmm. was in very rural parts of Massachusetts, parts where there simply wasn't a clinician. And now this is back in like 2008, where we were like working on dial up. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. I don't even Mm -hmm. I don't even. So um, at that point, I started really started just thinking about how we could use technology, not as technology as a tool for a purpose or this clinical gain and Mm -hmm. um, happened just to cross paths with some really remarkable people who let me try different things, um, supported me in going on for my PhD and following this passion and looking at um, the research behind telehealth, telepractice, and how mm-hmm. that compares to on-site services. And then, of course, it snowballed to how... <laughs> <laughs> so telepractice, awesome. But then also, how can we... What other types of technology can be used, again, just to help practitioners, not just with telepractice, but with our work life, right. with our clinical life. So 
yeah, just like the strategic use of technology. I just love that phrase. And um, I think about how we can apply that in so many different ways of our, of our life. Right. And I think too, even um, as we get like, when you get into having older clients, high schoolers, adults, teaching them to do that too, that, mm-hmm. you know, when you have kids that have um, executive functioning difficulties or memory difficulties, instead of just, you know, telling them, we'll make a sticky note or you just need to remember it. Like, hey, there's an app for that is one of my favorite phrases and one that I was known to like in um, when I was working in early intervention, we'd be in staff meeting. I was kind of known for the person that would always like raise my hand. Hey, there's an app for that. Hey, I know how to do that on your computer. So I'm right there with you that, you know, there's ways to make our lives easier. There's ways to teach our clients even to use technology to make their lives easier. Absolutely. And it is like the biggest joy when you see that transfer of skill. And I remember Mm -hmm. the very first time this happened to me when I saw one of my students just independently use a tech strategy that we were um, practicing in therapy. This student was dyslexic and um, had a very difficult time spelling. So we actually got her phone and did voice to text into Google image search. So Hmm. when she spoke it, she could see the image of the word to make sure it was the right word. And then of course, in the search box, that word popped up. And Hmm. so I remember we were in the library and working on something and, um, it, you know, this was an independent activity. And I see her walking over to the corner and talking into her phone. And I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing? She's like, I'm doing that voice to text. Um, strategy. I'm like, oh, this is the moment. This is what happens. Yeah. Right. The clouds parted yep. and the sun came out and yeah. butterflies yep. are flying around. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I tell my students too, like when I'm teaching them strategies, like vocabulary strategies, I also say, mm-hmm. what if like all of these things that I've told you of like looking for context clues and all of these things, what if they don't work? What would you do? And some of them, I think they have that little bit of like learned helplessness that they're like, yeah. well, I don't know. I'd give up. And I'm like, what do you have in your pocket all the time <laughs> that could help right. you? out what a word means they're like oh yeah i'm like ask google ask siri that is a valid strategy (laughs) i mean don't we all do it right i I tell them that too i'm like i do that when i don't know yes absolutely yeah Yeah. so michelle one of the first tech talks that i was uh sort of monitoring with you that day you were explaining a, a really cool way and a similar, I think similar to just what you just were talking about of using the phone. I'm, I'm trying to remember now. Do you remember the text to speech example that you gave? So I think I, there was two, there was one app, Google lens. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is a really cool free app on your phone. Mm-hmm. And I, Oh, I know. I know what you're referring to. Yeah, so Google Lens um, is, I use that for in-the-moment translations. So sometimes I'll get information or there's a web, a particular like website that um, displays content in Spanish that my students really like. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a Spanish speaker, so I don't know what it says. Mm-hmm. So I 
actually um, open up Google Lens on my phone, open up the translation feature on it, and just bring my phone over my screen and the text will instantly translate on my screen. So as a therapist, I don't need to like disrupt the flow of the therapy session at all um, mm -hmm. to know what's like being presented in the right. game in Spanish. But Todd, I think one of the ones that um, you're referring to is actually when we use speech to text, a lot of times we often just think about using our computer for speech to text. Right. So we'll open up like a Google Doc. We'll use mm -hmm. our laptop microphone. Um, and, you know, press that little microphone icon and hope that the um, microphone picks up all of the words that we're saying. Right. But oftentimes, actually, when we use our computer microphone, there can be inaccuracies. There can be mm -hmm. uh, an incorrect word can get picked up or um, it might not catch all of our sentence and it can cause a lot of frustration. And sometimes people are like, Speech to text stinks because it's so inaccurate. Mm -hmm. So a really easy workaround is actually to use your phone again, log into that exact same Google Doc on your phone, and just activate your phone microphone and do okay. speech to text right into your phone. You can bring the microphone very close to your mouth, and the mm -hmm. accuracy seems to be spot on. Um, and it's also a great way to easily monitor what you're saying because as you're talking into your phone, of course, the words are popping up on your screen because you're logged in to the same Google document on your phone, on the screen, and you can monitor exactly what you're saying. Right, right. I'm trying to th sort of think through because some of our uh, students that have hearing loss, well, one, yeah. one thing that they can get in their classroom is, you know, uh, some type of remote microphone where they're having to or where their teacher wears the microphone and they're you know it's being transmitted uh, to their hearing technology mm -hmm. whether hearing aids or cochlear implants but the idea of captioning comes up all the time in terms of uh and it usually comes up in in the sense of um like movies and films and things that are shown to be, you yeah. know, they want those to be captioned, which makes sense. But some kids, even with the remote microphones to hear better what the teacher is saying, still can't get everything that they need. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just sort of thinking yeah. through technology wise, you know, I was, with the I phone. Was yeah, I was trying to come up with something like that, too, when I had, um, you know, friends and former clients that were talking about when the mask mandate was here, oh, and yeah. they had mm -hmm. kids with hearing loss that really depended on that, um, you know, the visual cues and a little bit of lip reading to help mm -hmm. them, and that they were missing that when there was the mask mandate. And I, w I was kind of scrambling looking if there was something like that, too, that could kind of do real life <laughs> online, you know, kind of... Um, captioning for them too so right something like that might might be an option and might work that yeah. it would be really interesting to test out like if, if the student had say like a um tablet in front of them mm -hmm. and right and so the teacher was kind of talking into like a google a, doc or something right, like that right. right with like a bluetooth mic or something mm -hmm. like that yeah mm -hmm. right i wonder what that 
how that would come across on the screen. And if, of course, the student would have to be logged in mm -hmm. um, right. to, to that shared document, but that's easy. Mm -hmm. I wonder how accurate it would be. Well, I've so. been trying for years to get one of my kids to do that as a science fair project. Well, there you go. <laughs> we have a little research going on now. Yes. I think it sounds great. They are not excited about it, but maybe someone else will hear this plan <laughs> and do a research project on it. It's out in the ether now. That's so right. somebody's... <laughs> I may have to talk to my my colleagues at the at the university and see, um, yeah, what they think about something like this because because I think it's still, I mean I think there's the assumption, you know we, we we advocate so much for kids with hearing loss to have the FM systems the you know mm -hmm. the either sound field or direct input, and we just we advocate for that we advocate for maybe preferential seating and some other, maybe a note taker here and there, or, you know, things like that, which are all great things to advocate for, depending on the needs of the student. But I think if we look just at the hearing technology and getting the, the teacher to wear the microphone or whatever, we assume then then the child is going to get everything. Right. You know, there's some sort of assumption that once we have that accommodation in place, then he can he or she the student can just follow along whatever the teacher is saying and that may not always be true right um, they still may miss some things and if they had it you know like live captions at their desk yeah it would ensure that they're getting everything and and then if it could be saved as sort of a transcript or they can go back and refer to it uh, right that that's awesome. exactly that that's awesome. That was that's exactly what what I was thinking. Is like it serves as a really nice reference point um, mm -hmm. for them. Yeah, that's now, great. I, I know that we've I've heard of of teachers and and note takers um, trying to get transcripts of what was being said, and and teachers didn't like that. <laughs> they didn't like having everything in the notes. <laughs> That they were talking about. I did, uh, I, in the current political climate, I could picture that being weaponized <laughs> oh yeah, in some way. So. But ho hopefully it would be used with the best of intentions. Right. Right. I bet there would have to be some sort of um, like permission or yeah. something. but or, or a chance to at least like review it after because there would be, you know, kind of buts and ums and Things that maybe you said to another student that you wouldn't be be want to be Let's like the up, notes right. that the student was taking home with them. Yeah, right. right. Um, I'm gonna. This is sparking some uh, some ideas. So I'm gonna talk to my my audiology faculty, and they may say, "Oh, that's a waste of time." <laughs> 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 you idiot! Why? Did you, what? What? Don't waste my time with these things. Oh, no, they'll they'll, they'll I, um, I, They'll I was just thinking about the fact that I can turn like Downton Abbey up as loud as I want, but I still want the captions on it. Yeah, when they're in, <laughs> if it's anything with a British accent, I'm like, I need the captions. I, I use the captions <laughs> almost all the time when I'm watching TV. I'm one of those people and well, I do not have a hearing loss. Well, my wife, and she's, she can't hear me. My <laughs> wife... <laughs> Has discovered Love Island. <laughs> oh. Love Island on Hulu. 
No. <laughs> Love Island has lots of versions. So they have an Australian Love Island. And you can listen. She can understand Love Island Australians. So the Australian speakers she thinks are really cool. But those British Love Islanders <laughs> are on there. They have different sort of British United Kingdom accents from different areas of the United Kingdom. And sometimes they start talking really fast and you have no idea what they're saying. So I think she's discovered the captions uh, captions for Love Island so (laughs) she can watch the British version and understand what they're saying. Gosh, that's so (laughs) funny. (laughs) But hey, that's yeah, it's accessibility, right? We're all in favor of accessibility. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I tell you one of um, a type of technology that yes. I've been slightly obsessed with yes. for the beginning of the year? So, um, as you know, like we did in, in Massachusetts, schools just started. And so, we, um, the past few days, I've been really thinking about like looking at our caseloads and thinking about how to better streamline or how to make our consultations better. So we've got like, you know, direct service down pat, but often, I don't know if I should say this, but sometimes, not very often, every once in a while, consultations kind of fall by the wayside or they Mm -hmm. happen email or as, as we're like passing, you know, another educator in the hallway, we'll pull, we'll go over to a quiet spot to do our consultation. So we've been really as a um, team trying to think about there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to streamline this to just make the whole process a bit more efficient. So last year in one school, we used Google Forms as Mm -hmm. a consult form. And it was a huge success. We were able to create a form once for a student. Mm -hmm. We have our list of, um, you know, educators that we want it sent to. And then every month using scheduled send, it gets sent out. That same form gets sent out to all the educators. Now, what's cool about it is that we create the form once. We don't need to create it again. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like almost like yeah. a working living document mm-hmm. um, because their responses get recorded. I'm able to in the form, I'm able to kind of put in a strategy or a resource that they might need. Um, and the data of what they have of their responses is automatically created into a Google Sheets. So I have like this aggregated data throughout the entire year from this one like form that gets kind of reused over and over. And so this year it worked so well last year. This year we're using it in more schools and then and more um related service providers are kind of coming on and using it. So we're having one form for like OT PT speech um mm-hmm. that gets sent out to the educators as just a, like a nice universal way of providing some consultation and it's it saves a ton of time and I think it's better. Yeah, That's I great. like that That's idea. Great strategy. Yeah. I've also used it um this was my special ed director in the school, not my creation, but we started using it for the students that were working on social language goals because it's really hard to know if 
they can look great on my little screen with the students that they've gotten used to and, you know, can practice in a very controlled environment, those social skills. But I always want feedback on whether that's translating to um, the classroom. So we've sent those out and just made it so it was like a quick, like five point scale. They're doing this all the time. They're never doing it. And the same thing as a Google Doc, we have that data, we have a spot for them to put responses in. And it's so easy when, then when we get to the progress report time to just put that in. And for me too to know like, yep, I still do need to work on that or no, they've got that. They're using it in other environments too. That is awesome. So you use the rating scale feature mm-hmm. on? Oh my God, I love it. Yep, yep. That's, so yeah, just a five point scale of they, yep. They're doing it all the time in all environments. I've never seen them use that skill, and it's really nice. <laughs> that is good. Awesome. That's cool. And so, Michelle, something else you've been working on sort of in your spare time <laughs> is, is Easy Report Pro. Yes. So give us an update since uh, when you were here before, we talked about it. But So how are things going now? It's going so well. It's really exciting to see how this platform has evolved from like my perspective as mm-hmm. a co-founder, but also the feedback and input from other people, from right. yeah, from clinicians who are using it. So it's yeah, it's really exciting. And um we are growing and we are adding resources and we are loving feedback and integrating basically like all of the feedback that people are giving us. Um, it's just improving the product and also improving the resources that speech and language pathologists have instant access to. It's almost like peer reviewed resources um, mm-hmm. because, you know, SLPs who use, who write reports. Mm-hmm. are um accessing these this content this these report writing resources and um giving us feedback on how to improve it and so once we make the change in the platform everybody benefits so and and, and slps in any environment uh work environment could with the different any population right could use it. any po- any population so Easy Report Pro is a report generating tool. So basically mm-hmm. what it does is it like optimizes our reporting templates. And so for speech and language pathologists out there who write re- reports, like we all we all use templates. Mm-hmm. And um the process, <laughs> I mean we all do it. We, yeah, all, we, we all do it. We all do it. So and the process is usually at least I was really organized and this this was my process before I started using Easy Report Pro. I would search for my template like that had the right, um, you know, evaluations in it. And if I got lucky, mm-hmm. the right gender preference, I would, um, set, you know, select the bits of the information that I wanted, pay, uh, put them into my new report and then like switch out the data, switch out the scores, switch out right. any obviously, um, particular observations. Mm -hmm. So easy report pro kind of automates all of that. So it lets uh, it. So what, what we've been calling it are like dynamic templates. So it Mm -hmm. will automatically populate name and gender throughout all parts of the report. 
it automatically will match in scores with write-ups. So you put in the scores and automatically the platform will pull that part of the template that matches the score and lay it out in your report. It also has outlines, like auto outlines. So, so you can make sure all of those like essential parts of your report are in there. Things like background information, behavior observations, of course, our testing um, outcomes, diagnostic impressions, and recommendations. So we try to tell people like you should use Easy Report Pro for about like five minutes. It should take you five minutes to generate your report and then bring that into your Word document or your Google doc, whatever your word processing system is to put in your um, final touches. But we want you on our platform for just a few minutes. And that's really all the time it should take to get a really comprehensive, solid report, like draft, like 80 to 90% done um, is what we're hoping for. Yep. And I can do it, attest to it now. <laughs> I, have, mm-hmm. I have used it in real life now. And it was so much better. I really think um, there's sometimes I get paid a flat rate for evaluations. And I think I was maybe like making $2 an hour <laughs> by the time that it took me to write reports and analyze everything and finish everything. And it was, it was so simple and easy and just like, and like you said, just had all of those like essential parts that I would always like stress over like, oh, I don't know how to word this. How do I say this? And even easy things like explaining, there was a part in there was like explaining that it was done over telepractice instead yeah. of in person. And it explained that and how that might change the results. And I didn't have to sit there and, you know, either pull up past reports to paste yes. together something. And, I, you know, I would sit there and be like, oh, yeah, I this kid did a similar testing. I will go find his report. I didn't have to right. do any of that. It was there. So it definitely yes. is a great product. Ah, uh, thank you. Yes. is And it's exactly like that. It was those hours spent grueling over like past um, reports to, to that really kind of made, was like the real reason of why we wanted to create a platform like this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just to save SLPs time and to let, help us have the time to focus on those like more higher level critical thinking elements that we went to school with, like uh, that we went to school for. Like we didn't go to school to do busy work. We went right. to, to school to really write awesome like diagnostic impressions. Um, right, right. Yeah. And I've gotten reports from others that it's like, it is like they spent so long doing the just getting the report done that they missed that part. And now mm-hmm. I'm going in with a student I've never seen before. And there wasn't a diagnostic impression. There was just a reporting of scores. And I'm like, yeah. well, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, and that is, you know, even going back to working with my grad students, you know, they don't have the experience yet to sort of do that analysis and and extrapolate from the scores what what may be happening but right. but that's what they struggle with and i think right. people if they don't really develop those skills they they never put it in the report you know it's just a reporting of of scores and that's it yep and what's <clears throat> cool about this platform is that um therapists can also create their own resources mm-hmm. so say for example if you're an SLP that is specializing in children with hearing loss, 
we might not have like a checklist or a type of particular um, observational write-up that you might use, Todd, but you can create your own. So you can put in your own and make it like a dynamic template so that, that you take the time to put it in once and then it's like instantly available to you. You can, you know, SLPs can put it right into any report outline that they're using on the platform. And um, yeah, they just have access to it just like any other um, resource on the platform. Oh, that's a great idea. I yeah. There's some like criteria and reference things that I use. Some of them that are on um, SLP toolkit or the narrative language measure. I love using yep. that one that are more mm-hmm. of that, you know, there it's not a standard score. You kind of have to explain it more. And I do end up kind of writing, describing the same thing every time I do it. So having something that I could just plug in the scores and that it would explain the test for me, that would be so nice. Yep. Yeah, that, and you should know, like, so if um, you're creating your your own resource, it's not public to everyone. It's just private to you. So it's not like, um, you know, the platform will take something that you've created for yourself and share it with everyone. It's absolutely your own private and um, you can use it at whenever you need it. Great. I'm even thinking of that for progress reports. Yes. Oh my gosh. I use this for progress. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Yeah. Cause I, I tend to put, you know, the same, like at least the, the bones of it is the same things. And then I personalize it for each student, but to have those saved somewhere other than a sticky note on my desktop <laughs> <laughs> would be really great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all have the sticky notes everywhere. Sticky right? notes. Yep. Yep. But the physical and the digital sticky notes. I have some there of you both. Go. both. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's hard to write on the digital ones, I found. It kind of scratches your computer screen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Terrible joke. <laughs> well, <laughs> Michelle, you know what time it is. What? Oh, I've been what? thinking about these. Yes. Oh, God. Well, we're so doing what? different ones. Okay. Oh, yeah, we do have. So when you were here before, do you remember, did we offer you more than one list? You only offered me one list. Oh, really? Okay. So it was probably A. A. that was our original list. So we'll put A over okay, here. Right. So we have B and C. Okay. So, so which one do you want? Well, let's go for, I'll go for B. B is popular these days. Oh, is it? Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, can I be a mixture? Can I be a hybrid? It's an omnivert. I have decided. An omnivert. <laughs> yeah, this came up before. Yeah, an omnivert is the word. Yes, omnivert. Awesome. I definitely, yeah. I definitely think there, right, there are times when I 100% need to be by myself and in my own area mm-hmm. of solitude. Mm-hmm. And then um, other times when I, ha- yeah, when um, being around other people and talking with other people and engaging is essential. Is, is yep, required. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Number two, what's the best compliment you've received? Oh, uh, oh you know what? That I'm humble. I like that. Yeah. I agree. I think you are humble. Brilliant, but humble. I think that's admirable. Oh. <laughs> Number three, 
who has been the most influential person in your life and how did he or she impact you? Well, I, oh my gosh, uh, my dad has been incredibly influential Mm -hmm. and the way, so he gave me a couple bits of really great advice very early Mm -hmm. on in my life. So the first piece of advice was, it's not what you got that counts. It's what you do with what you got that counts. And that instilled an incredibly strong work ethic Mm -hmm. that I've tried to carry through in everything that I do. So Mm -hmm. I really, really love that. He also um, kind of very early on, like um, painted this world where I could do anything I wanted the Mm -hmm. moment I learned how to read. And the very first book he gave me to read was Jonathan Livingston Siegel, which kind oh, of that's cool. Kind of yeah, goes with the it's not what you got that counts, you know, mm-hmm. it's what you do. So yeah, I and he he has a very deep faith, mm-hmm. um, and we've always spoken a lot about spirituality versus religion mm-hmm. and politics. Mm-hmm. And um, uh-huh. <laughs> all of that fun stuff, mm-hmm. all the stuff you're not supposed to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would absolutely say my dad. Awesome. That's great. Um, ooh, I want to hear this one. <laughs> what What do people misunderstand most about you? Okay. I think. Sometimes people think, oh, wait, can I swear on this? No. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I think sometimes people, so sometimes I might come across um, like, like some of these extro, extroverted qualities, like kind of a little bit of a, like, B, I, T, C. A witch with a capital B. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotcha. But I'm really not at all. No, um, no. But I, I, I don't know. Sometimes people will say that I come across a little bit. Um, they're a little, yeah, they're, I don't know. It's, Aggressive. It's, I think it's like the, the <laughs> yes. The, <laughs> the misunderstanding, no, the, the misunderstanding of like assertive mm-hmm. women. Assertive. I feel like assertive yes. women assertive. often get labeled good. as that. Mm-hmm. You're right, Kim. Absolutely. It's it's a real gender issue that it I think is a gender issue. professional um women mm-hmm. have. It's and, and right, what do we do about it? I don't know. Kick them in the nuts. <laughs> Kick them in the nuts. That's what I, I know, but sometimes <laughs> women are the worst at doing it to well, each other. <laughs> so yeah. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I yeah, I would. Uh, I've, I may have mentioned this to Kim before, but in my career in different settings, I have always felt that when I've had females who have been my supervisor, and that's come up several times, um, that they were easier on me than they were on with females on the same level as me. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ah. Uh. I always, I always did that. I always yeah. thought it. Yep. That they were, they were much harder on the female. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, I do think women are labeled assertive or aggressive and those kinds of things. And men are seen as being, oh, he's, he's dedicated. He's ambitious. He's, right. you know, so it is a, it is a gender stereotype or something going on there. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Let's see. What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself? Hmm. Surprising that I've learned about. So I have a really hard time calming my mind. Like, so one of my personal goals has, has been to inc- to like try to meditate. Mm-hmm. And you'd think, like, how hard can it be, really? Like, you just sit there and. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but it's hard. It's difficult. You know how long five minutes can be mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're not doing anything? Um, yeah. So kind of just like settling my mind, not ruminating on like nonsense. And um, letting go of past grievances, like internal grievances or mm-hmm. things that, yeah. Well, really it, like yeah, you remind me in a sense of, of how my, my daughter used to be and probably still is to a certain degree where comparing my son and my daughter, this also maybe goes back to <laughs> not to stereotype men and women again. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not falling into that. But with my two kids, um, my son, you know, if if he did something he got in trouble for, I would talk to him. And five minutes later, he's like off playing basketball. It's like he's done. Mm -hmm. Where my daughter, I talked to her, you know, three days later, she's still upset about (laughs) that little thing. You know, she's been ruminating on it. You know, she's been really thinking about it and she's gotten teary eyed like seven times. And since I talked to her, you know, and it's like, you know, so it's that kind of thing in a sense. And, and I do that too. I, um, think about how I could have done it. How could I have handled this better? Or I should have said this (laughs) to to that person, uh, and (laughs) dealt with it. But, you know, I think we all do that to a certain degree. It's the reason I, th- I have to like listen to Dateline to go to sleep at night. Because <laughs> for some reason, <clears throat> murder stories are more calming than whatever oh is going God. on in my own head. Kim. <laughs> wow, no Kim. It's fine. I'm not the only person. I know it. It's it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yes, you, you love the you love the murder stories. Our next guest will be a, you know, psychoanalyst or something that's that right. tells me <laughs> what's wrong. We need to bring one on just for Kim. <laughs> I'll just sit quietly and listen. Non-judgmentally. Non-judgmentally, yes. that's right. Okay, let's see. Let's get back on track. Um, do you have a favorite quote? You, you mentioned one by your your dad. My said. dad? Um. Oh, let's see. Do I have a favorite quote? One that I... No, not really. I, oh God, I, although I'm staring at this poster that's right next to my computer and it's of the We Can Do It poster. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. But I also love, like, usually what I do is when I'm reading something, like a little sentence mm-hmm. will catch my eye and I'll just like think about it for a while. But I don't have mm-hmm. like one, one personal mantra, I guess. Okay. Well, I like the what you quoted your father saying. I mean, that's yeah. pretty cool too. How would you define success? 
I think success is when happiness and purpose meet. Very like good. when you're happy with your direction and you're on purpose and they can follow that same path or there, it is that same path. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. What is the best advice a mentor ever gave you about your work or life? And this might be your father again. Right. You may have covered this. Um. Oh, oh, should I, I was thinking about these beforehand. I should have thought about this. Um. You know, I, I don't know if somebody's like actually like actually said this or it's just come around in conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, but when people just, when I know that I've done my best, just like simply done my best and people are not going to like the decisions that we make, like we can't make everybody happy all, all of the time. Yes. (laughs) We can't, can't we? We can't. (laughs) No, but knowing, I think that we've done that you've done your best and you're making a, and you have a reason for your um, professional recommendations or, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever it might may be. I mean, that's what we stand on and that's what we go by. And um, yeah, sometimes it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and we, I think when we stop trying to please everyone, that's yep. something that we all kind of fall into, I think from time to time. And at, at the end of the day, you, you can't do that. I mean, you're right. not going to be able to. So, right. Uh, and this is oh, the next question is right up your alley. So, <laughs> do you have a hack that you've hack. discovered? A hack. Yeah. So, yeah. it couldn't be anything, it could be yeah. technology or yes. folding your clothes. I don't know. So, okay. It's definitely not folding my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so for t- a tech hack is definitely Google Calendar with automatic mm-hmm. notifications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A life hack is Ooh. first thing in the morning, um, before I even get out of bed, I roll like I roll my ankles and I just do like an internal gratitude. Like I'm like grateful oh. for these three things, and I tell myself like today's gonna be good. Like I, it, it takes a minute, but it kind of like helps myself get ready for the day and I tend to have pretty good days. So that's, that's a wonderful hack. That's good. That's good. I like that. I do. I like it as well. Okay. So here's, here's our common question across all of our lists. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? Enter, enter the pearly gates. Um, enter the, okay. So, well, right. I still think, I, um, living life as an intention, like an, an intention and on purpose, hopefully this ever present energy source Mm -hmm. will, um, I will gather that when I pass on, (laughs) I go to the next stage. Hopefully he won't say, Michelle, I've been using this Easy Report Pro, <laughs> yeah. and I can't figure out how to print this thing. <laughs> it's not easy, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> so how, Where's the how, button? Yeah, yeah where, which button do I do? Again? <laughs> um, so how can people find you and Easy Report Pro? So easyreportpro.com. You, people mm-hmm. can check it out. We are free for all graduate students. 
and CF clinicians. Mm -hmm. We um, are also on social media at Easy Re uh, so Instagram and Facebook. If you just search Easy Report Pro, we are there. Mm -hmm. We are going to start to hold weekly webinars because we are awesome. we have so many new people signing up. Um, and we're going to try to do like open houses, like virtual open houses. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and we we love feedback and ideas and suggestions. So you can check us out at easyreportpro.com. And then wow. Tech Talks, where do and people tech find talks. those? Mm -hmm. Tech Talks, well, that's from this delightful company through <laughs> um, 3C Digital Media Network. If you go to their website, which I'm sure you're on if you're listening to this. Um, look at mm -hmm. the, I think it's under vlogs or tech talks. Mm -hmm. And um, they are there. They are there. And also, I'll have to say for that, if anybody has any ideas or would love some um, just ideas on like how to, or if they have any ideas on the way that they, they use technology, I always love to hear the way that different people use technology as well. It's inspiring. It is. It is. Well, Michelle, thank you for joining us on this episode and coming back and sharing all these great strategies and hearing more about Easy Report Pro. And good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thank you both. You guys are just awesome, as always. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that was Michelle Boivere joining us again on the show. We really appreciate Michelle's tech talks and all of her wonderful advice in terms of how to better use technology to meet the needs of the clients and patients that we're serving and how to make our jobs a lot easier. So thank you, Michelle, for joining us. And thank you for being such a great friend of this podcast and of 3C. And I want to also thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode. We'll be back again next week with another interview. If you don't mind, please leave us a five-star review. That always helps us attract new listeners and new subscribers. And with that, until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.